What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics. On today's episode, we'll first cover a couple of news nuggets, such as the back and forth and blame game involved with PNB Rock's murder, Drake sending DM disses to music critics, and Ludacris' longtime manager Shaka Zulu being charged for murder. Then we'll briefly discuss the recently dropped Drink Champs interview with Yasin Bey, Talib Kweli, and Dave Chappelle, and discuss if the interview was worth the wait and a few takeaways from it. Then we'll do a retro review of Kanye West's graduation album on its 15-year anniversary and discuss where it ranks in Kanye West's discography, our impressions of the album when it came out versus now, its most overrated track and most underrated track, and where we stood on the whole Kanye West versus 50 Cent album's sales face-off from 2007. Then we'll discuss whether or not the hip-hop blog era was taken for granted and what we remember most fondly from that era. Then for our album face-off, we'll be putting Fly Guy by West Side Gun against Breakfast at Banksy's by Semi Hendrix and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please, kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's good, Vince? What's up, man? Man, man, same old, same old, man. How's it, how's it hanging with you, man? How's the family? Oh, we doing good. We doing good. Just, uh, just enjoying my, my mom and dad, enjoying my parents for the past couple weeks, so... Nice, nice, nice. Your pops buy you any shoes? <laughs> nah, nah. I need to buy him some, actually. <laughs> like payback, nigga. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I was listening to that the other day, man. I was busting up. Yeah, man, I need to buy, so. I need to buy him some. with the shoes on his finger. Like I said, a oh, car yeah. keys. Now I need to buy him some. This cat came in there with the Spice Adam joints. Oh man, man, yeah, that's he how they do. Airport, the Spice Adam joints, man. He had the Air Monarch twos. <laughs> oh man, okay, okay. Yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to step his game up, man. <laughs> yeah, just, they don't be, yeah. they don't be caring, they don't be caring nope. at that age, man. They just, nope. they, they all about comfort, and that's that's probably what we getting too. Yeah, one day we gonna get there too, man. Oh no, I got my comfortable shoes, my little walkabouts, man. So <laughs> now when I step out, if I'm like going to the grocery store, then yeah, I'm gonna throw something a little fly on, even if I gotta like put like some gel inserts or something in it. But yeah, no, I got my little Adidas Ultra Boost, you know, joints for comfort and stuff. Nice, nice, nice. Shoot, I need to get up on that. Man. Oh, they're super comfortable, man. I was just using the Dr. Show's joints. You know, oh, man. So. It's come to that, man. We didn't get that old, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they cheap, you know. So. Yeah. Dude, they Anything cheap, associated so. with Doctor Shows is there's nothing young. I'll say that. <laughs> well, they. I'll put it this way: they've been getting younger. They've been getting younger with their marketing because yeah. they they just got the inserts now for like any just type of athletic shoe. Yeah, it ain't necessarily got to be like a like a senior citizen orthopedic shoe and then like that but mm-hmm. you know it's like I'm, I'm on my feet all day for work so oh yeah you know it is what it is but uh let me see who we got up in here 
It's gotta be. Oh, it's gotta no. be. It's gotta be Jamil. <laughs> oh yeah. What's happening? What's happening? What's going on, Jamil? What's up? That's <laughs> good. Got 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 my boys Ren and Ten up in there representing. <laughs> Real hip hop this evening. <laughs> That's what's up, man. That's what's up. How 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 how's everything going on, your man? I'm chilling, man. Enjoying this last little heat wave we're getting. Yeah, man, I'm 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 kind of anxious for it to end, man. Like to be quite honest with you, like I'm ready to throw in the flannel and the Timberlands, man. Like you ready to get out that uh, snowmobile? Nah, I ain't say all that. I just said I was ready to throw in the flannel and the Timberlands. <laughs> so, I'm like, saying you can't have one without the other. I'm ready for this heat to end too. Oh, that ain't never happening for you, bro. You live on oh, the sun. It's, it's, nah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. We we gonna have a, a seventy. 70 degree days and 40 degree nights. <laughs> Beautiful. And they call that and they call that winter. <laughs> right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right, right. <laughs> they get a little rain. I'm like, oh, it's winter. It's like, like what? <laughs> like, Put a little windbreaker on because it's chilly. <laughs> <laughs> a windbreaker. Wow. Wow. Well, let's get into this show, man. Got a lot to get to, man. Like, like, it's a lot going on in the world of hip hop um right now just in terms of just current events man like have y'all been privy to all this like kind of like internet victim blaming that's been going on with pnb rock's girlfriend and you know it's gotten to the point where people are like kind of trying to come out to defend her a little bit and be like no this this wasn't her fault like you know there's other factors that play here blah blah blah. have y'all been privy to this this kind of back and forth I seen a little bit of it. I didn't realize it had blown up like that until uh, I saw Cardi chime in on it. Mm, okay. okay. What yeah, did she say? Just defending, just defending her. She was like, you know, he was he was in a bad spot with bad people and got caught up, but that ain't got nothing to do with her. Right. And she, right. You know, basically saying it's irresponsible to to try to put the blame on the on the baby mama or the, the girl girlfriend yeah they, that's basically what she was saying and I don't, I don't know a lot about it but i did see what she said and you know um she made a lot of sense but it does shed light on the way that people that are that live their lives on social media it sheds light on the um the frailty of doing that like it shows that you don't need to be letting everybody know where you went. No, you don't, man. You don't. Like you can't blame her for that because she's she's from this era where you you kind of chronicalize your life. Like that's just how, that's just what people do. They get they get whatever endorphins for doing that. But hey, you don't know what other people are doing when you're not around. And uh, and well, and some to some degree you do know. And you don't know what the ramifications of you knowing what people knowing where you're at. You don't know what the ramifications can be. And it just shares <laughs> to that. Like Right, wow. right. Yeah, it's 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 tragic. It's like, you know, it goes without saying that like it's not a good thing or it is it's probably at the very best, like just bad timing to come out and be like, oh man, it's her five blah 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 blaming her for murders she essentially witnessed you know and there's mm-hmm. no doubt grieving herself but the, the internet is just a terrible place you know like 
we know this you know it's, it's just people just <laughs> amplify their worst characteristics on the internet you know and yeah i, I hope at the very least it just kind of encourages some of these rappers to move a little differently because i've heard from people who live in la say like that particular roscoe's chicken and waffles that they don't even go to because the, the neighborhood is in is is it's pretty rough, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I, I live in Chicago, you know, and it's like there's spots in Chicago I don't go to. So, yeah, some Harold's chickens you try to avoid, <laughs> right? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I don't know Harold's chickens. I don't know. I'm, I feel pretty safe in, in any Harold's, but there, there are spots in Chicago where I just, you know, hey, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel. Yeah, there ain't no reason to move around now. You know, right, right. I got no reason to be over there. You know, like especially some of these East Side joints. So, yeah, come on. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Do, you know so I you all, that. <laughs> right, I know. I know Jamil co <laughs> Do you do you all possibly feel that his days were numbered? Not necessarily. Like I, I've I've seen interviews with him in the past before where he's talked about close brushes he he's had with getting robbed and how he doesn't roll with security. But it's like you got to know your whereabouts. You got to be a little self-aware about where you're at. It's like, if I came down to like, I don't know, Phoenix, I was like, I would ask Vince like, yo, what's, what are the spots I need to go to? Where do I need to stay away from? You know what I mean? Or likewise with Jamil, if I went to say, I don't know, St. Louis, like I would, I would hit him up like, yo, what, what, what area should I, should I avoid? Where should I go to find, you know, a, a good spot to, to get some grub, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh-huh. that's just, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a generational thing. Like that's just how we operate. Like let me let me check in and see where I need to to go so I don't end up in a bad spot. And and but also too, like I'm not going to be walking around with tons of jewelry on too. It's like you know, or pushing a foreign car. So he, you know, so he was murdered for his jewelry. Yeah, allegedly it was it was a it was a robbery gone bad. Like you yeah. asked him for his okay. jewelry. There was some back and forth, and then he, he got shot. Okay, allegedly, you know. Okay. So, but I mean, even if even if say like the tweet hadn't went out with the live location and everything, and somebody just was like, "Oh, there's a, there's a nigga shining. Let me go rob him," you mm-hmm. know, that's that's definitely a thing that happens. So I'm not about to be walking around with a hundred thousand dollars around my neck. Like I just. But number one, it ain't me. And number two, even if it was me, it's like, yo, I'm going out to Roscoe's. I don't, I don't need to. This isn't a performance for me. I'm just trying to live my life, you know. Yeah. But I guess the expression of youth too, man. Like, you know, young young men in particular, we feel bulletproof and like I don't know much about PNB Rock, so I don't know if he was really about that life or not. But I know that there is a lot, like a whole. You know, slew of people who live their entire lives behind a screen and are not fully aware of how dangerous the world can really be. Like it goes beyond just trolling. You know what I mean? And, and, and talking about the ops as a just as a euphemism. Like it's people really out here dying for real, for real. And I don't know how aware everyone is of that. So you you know you you move in the real world the way that you move online and that's just not safe man. niggas is out here playing for keeps yeah that, that I mean 
I guess he didn't get the memo the memo that a lot of rappers lately they've been wearing fake jewelry when they out. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, so when people try to rob them, they be like, "Here, take it, take it." Then they get found out it's fake, and it's like, "Yeah, I got my real stuff at the crib. I'm not going to be out here in the streets with my with my real jewelry." Right. Yeah, and, and you just gotta consider too, like <clears throat> you know, in a lot of these. You know, coastal cities like man, the, the the inflation problem and the the rent problems are are just so out of hand right now, and it's 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 getting harder and harder for like regular people to just live and get by and eat. You know what I mean? Let alone be out here shining like you know a rapper. You know, so people are out here desperate, man. They're out here desperate. They hungry, and you come into a Roscoe, a random Roscoe's in South Central. You know dressed the way he was dressed driving what he was driving and i'm not victim blaming here I'm, I'm really not but you gotta understand man these people don't care like you you got you know you six months of, you know six months salary hanging around your neck exactly what you mean six months you got three years yeah, right right for some people you know yeah. so I'm not. I'm not victim blaming, but it's just you know. Well, no, it's just it's just about being. It's just about being like aware of like where you're at, you know. But this one thing I can say about some people, because I know like you got people like Lil Durk and uh, King Von, even though he 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 you know he got murdered, but like he was really taking care of Old Block. Like when he would come back. He was he was divvying out money. He yeah. was taking care of his people, and uh, that's what that's like almost the um, it's almost an unspoken thing that you got. You supposed to bring give back to your area. I mean, he ain't giving back to all of Chicago, especially you know the people on sixty third. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like you supposed to give back. Like that's how you that's how you that's how you check in with your city. So that people won't be out there trying to get you, because it's like you giving back, you, you in, in a way that, and you giving back in a way that it satiates the other demons out there, because you know uh, King Von was a demon, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a that's for right, that's a whole nother topic. Is that that's <laughs> stuff that it came out since since his his death? And it's like I was like, oh, right, he's really out here doing it. Uh, what, what's up, iPhone Four? Is that is that Reggie? I take it. I take it that's Reggie. I think that's Reggie. Yeah, that's me, bro. What's going okay. on? Okay. What's, <laughs> what's up, good, man? What's good? All right, man. Next up in our news nuggets, man. I don't know if y'all saw this as well. Uh, Ludacris's longtime manager, Shaka Zulu, he got uh, arrested and indicted for murder charges. Uh, you know, which is just you know, kind of oh, wow. kind of. Sh- kind of a little shocking for me i'm like man i, I thought dude was kind of beyond that i mean he ain't done wow. much he just, he just shot some niggas but like <laughs> he just got honored at like an atlanta hawks game for being like an outstanding role model in the community you know <laughs> so <laughs> you know hey he he shot some niggas so um <laughs> also two of news nuggets did y'all did y'all see, have y'all seen this this back and forth with Drake and this this YouTube music critic Anthony Fantano? Have y'all seen this? No. Nah. 
to be honest with you, I don't see any anything with Drake too much. Like I, <laughs> I tune in when I'm it's with time. You. When it's time to tune in to Drake, I do, but I, I don't I don't follow the dude. You know, like right. Even when his name pops up, as far as like anything, actually, I don't really just like oh, let me go to it. You know, right. um, I just wait for him to drop a project. Well, long story short, he he went into the DMs of this this music critic named Anthony Fantano. I, I actually do watch the dude. He he's been like a YouTube presence for at least a good ten years now. He's he's pretty well known, um, you know, in the in the music critic community. But anyway, like Drake ended up in his DMs and sent him a message about how like I I I, I rate your existence a one out of ten. Basically, like riffing on his like music his one to ten you know musical rating uh mm-hmm. standards on the channel or whatever i guess he he did a couple of bad reviews about drake's last couple of albums and drake didn't appreciate it but drake was like uh i give your your i rate your existence a one out of ten and it's only a one because you're alive and you somehow managed to like wife a black woman and i was just like what like it was just weird to me. It's like like this dude is paying that much attention to what a random YouTube critic is saying about his stuff and DMing him, and it's just like, um, that's that's pretty weak, man. It is. And the music critic, he was saying it like he was kind of disappointed. He was, I would have thought Drake would have got in. Drake would have got in a, a a a more clever diss on me, and he was like. This kind of proves that he probably does have ghostwriters because he was like, you know, <laughs> I would have thought he would have came with something a little bit more clever, you know. Nah, he's saving it for a track. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, and, and to be like, oh, you, you, you one because you managed to wife a black chick. It's like, come on, Drake, you ain't the, you ain't the gatekeeper of anything like cultural. Like, what black chicks are you wifing? Like, not right. one. Right. So. um it's just man it's just it just goes to show man if you a lame you a lame like it's eventually gonna come out like it's like it doesn't matter do like, how popular it, you are you yeah, know some like, lames some lames really have come a long way like uh puff daddy <laughs> <laughs> puff daddy at least had a good ear you know what i mean <laughs> like, and Say what you want. Puff is a gangster, man. That nigga's you're tough right. line. You're right, but I don't want to party with him. I tell you that, man. <laughs> I hear you. Shout out to Drink Champs. <laughs> oh, speaking of Drink Champs, um, did you all see the interview that just dropped with uh, Black Star and Dave Chappelle? Yes. Not yet. Drink Champs would be too long, bro. <laughs> it well, took me what? like a week to get it's only, through. It's only like 48 minutes. Yeah, it's only oh, forty five minutes. So what's interesting is that they they did the interview back in May, and um, it was t- apparently the original interview was two and a half hours long, and then they put it on ice and said they were not going to release it because of something Chappelle said right before the Uvalde school shooting. So they put it on ice and they said, okay, we are going to release it, but we're going to release a heavily edited version. And so they dropped this version, which was only 45 minutes. And it, it was, it was, you know, most deaf, or I'm sorry, Yasin Bey, Saleh Kweli, Dave Chappelle. And there was, there was a few takeaways I got from it, but 
what were you, what were y'all's takeaways or if y'all had any did y'all did y'all get to watch it was it was it worth the wait because we know drink champs is known for like you know good interviews well I, i'll say it was a pleasure just to watch three successful black <laughs> men in their in their particular fields just articulate man it was and just just watch just listen to them you know the stories they told um you can see the growth within them from you know from where they've come from and how they deal with situations it was um it was enlightening not in anything particular but just like all around it was just cool in my opinion they i, I you could tell it was edited because they kind of like they didn't really do a lot of talking about the album and why they did it the way they did it but the way they, the way Yasin Bay explained it 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 sounded good you know it had it had the, the right amount of machismo in there the bravado but then understanding you know of, of why they did what they did so like it, it was it was nice it was a pleasant listen yeah 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 I I I, I I enjoyed what little of it I got. I, I was a little disappointed in the length. It's like, man, y'all, y'all booked a two and a half hour interview, and we only got forty five minutes. You know, man, I needed, I needed twice as much at least. Like that was a little disappointing. But like, my big takeaways from it was like, well, I was, I was a little disappointed too in the the, the amount of time they spent discussing Kanye. I, I think that was like, that's not what I wanted to tune in and hear. You know, but yeah, a little bit too long. But what I found interesting was um, the portion in the interview where Nor mentioned how, like, in '96, they were talking about like the climate of hip hop and how it changed in '96, and how that was typically it's 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 accredited to the day that De La Soul stakes is high and Nas's it was written dropped, and how that was kind of like the big schism in hip-hop it's like everybody who wanted to hear the commercial stuff went with the Nas everybody who eventually went underground went with stakes is high and there is some truth to that but what Nora was saying the moment where hip-hop got divided was when the roots dropped the what they do video and he was talking about how himself Nas and others were like oh man this is about us and they were talking about how up to that point, like the, the gangster rappers, especially in New York and like the backpackers were pretty much side by side. You know, they hung out in the same spots. They, they supported the same artists. But after that video drop, that's when they kind of took that as like a diss from the quote unquote backpackers. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Like I could totally see how they would have drawn that conclusion, you know, especially if you like a boots on the ground rapper at the time. And um, I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was, <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, it I mean, was. No, you go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Jamil. No, I was going to say that they, they, they had to take it as a disc because that's what it was. Like, it wasn't, <laughs> it was, it was distinctly, you know, taking shots at, at um, a lot of the trends that had taken place at the time. Like, it, there was no other way to, to, to have perceived it. That's, that's a... I really do want to watch this interview now. I'm, uh, that, that'd be interesting to hear their perspective on that. that. That's not something I'd ever noticed. I guess I would have been too young to be in the thick of it like that to be able to pick on the nuance. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I could totally see that because it's like, you know, people talk about the difference between Stakes is High and It Was Written, and like, yeah, there's a sonic difference there, most definitely. But it, it's hard to kind of like draw, like connect the dots sonically from those two albums and then the other albums that came after it. It's like, you know, the stuff that was coming out of the South, you know, in the commercial rap scene, didn't really sound a whole lot like it was written, to be quite honest with you. And the stuff that the underground eventually began producing did not sound a whole lot like Stakes is High either. Like, I mean, you could you could you could draw a line between say Stakes is High and maybe Beach Rhymes and Life, but they were already, you know, that was native tongues and they had the same production people and that was to be expected. But like I don't hear like I don't hear like the same DNA on an album like I don't know, Operation Doomsday that I hear on Stakes is High. So I, I, I get where they're going with this great schism, you know, with those two albums. But it's kind of hard to draw, draw the, you know, it's kind of hard to connect the dots musically for me. And to me, what Nora was talking about made more sense. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's true. I like, that's what I like about Nori. Um, once you get past the, um, the obvious fanfare and the clapping, extra clapping, when it's, when it's dead, you know, like dead air. Once you get through that part of the show, he really has a spot um, in the culture where he had an, like a, a bird's eye view because he was like, he's like the hip hop fly on the wall, especially for New York hip hop because, or you know, the area he's from because his career wasn't spectacular, but right. it was it was good enough where he developed the connections because he's a likable guy where he was always in the room with a lot of these people that are that are spectacular like he was always in the room always on a show or just around these people and like you get a lot of uh and see he really is a part of the culture so you get a lot of good uh tidbits that um make the show wonderful indeed indeed definitely but um but yeah, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting interview. So I, I, I recommend y'all check it out. Like I said, it's only forty four minutes, unfortunately, but uh, it's it's some it's some nice little stuff in there, especially when they talk about the backpack movement and where that actually came from, and Talib's explanation and how its roots were actually with boot camp click and Buckshot and you know Black Moon and all those cats, and it you know. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it's coming from the people who were actually around at the time. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth checking out. And plus, anytime Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle was just there to be there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anytime just, Dave Chappelle talks, I want to listen. So, <laughs> <laughs> anytime. Especially when he was poking fun at Talib's baseball hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he adds a humor. That nobody else can, so he just like you just want to listen to him talk. I kill that nigga for talking about my baseball. <laughs> oh man! All right, but let's let's move on, man. Let's move on. My next topic, man. Um, as Jamil pointed out on the last show uh, last week, uh, we hit a a milestone um, with with two uh, albums in particular. Fifteen years ago. <clears throat> 
and that was the release of Kanye West's third album, Graduation, um, as well as 50 Cent's Curtis album. And uh, it was the third album for both of those artists. And um, they, at the time, as y'all, I'm sure y'all remember, they staged a little like, you know, their own little like album face off, sort of speak of, of, of album sales. And, you know, it was like this challenge, like, okay, who's going to sell more, you know, on release date. And um, you know, this was back when release dates were kind of a big deal. You know, streaming, of course, hadn't fully taken over. It was it was kind of an interesting time in hip hop, which we're, we're going to dive into a little further in this discussion, in this pod. And um, at the time, I wanted to ask y'all at the time, who were y'all rooting for in this little competition between Kanye and 50 and, and why? Oh, Kanye, for sure. Kanye yeah, for any particular sure. reason other than, you know, hometown bias? Well, it wasn't, it was not, it was that, of course. But if you take that away, like Kanye, he was, he was impressing me with his bars though. Like the, the beats was there, of course. But like, he was actually impressing me with his bars. So like, when you start breaking down, like if you would ever to read his lyrics on songs, <laughs> you'll be more impressed because sometimes he, he has, sometimes he go, he like, he molds over his lyrics very quick. So you don't, sometimes you don't get the impact of it. But when, if you were to just read it, you'd be like, oh wow, that was actually dope. And that was, that was actually dope. Like some of the stuff he says is really good. And especially at that time, cause he still had, he still had a lot he was trying to prove, you know, he hadn't, he hadn't arrived yet as far as where he is now, um, the stature that he's in. So he was, you know, he was still up and coming. It was his third album. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jamil? Um, yeah, it was definitely more Kanye for me than 50, just because I really wasn't a fan of 50 like that. Like, I had nothing against him, necessarily. Just his music didn't really connect with me. Like, at that point, I had not even heard Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, like, I didn't... You- yeah, I did not. I did not actually get, get Richard I trying until like two years ago. What? <laughs> that album. Wait, are you talking about like all the way through, or just well, at all? You heard, you heard half the album on the radio, but other than yeah, other than the singles, I I never never listened to it. Mm-hmm. Just just from hearing, you know, people bumping it down the street or whatever. But oh wow, so so. So you clearly, Stop. clearly yeah. for Kanye. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely Kanye for me. Um, yeah, just fifty. I don't know. Just, just it just never his movement never really connected with me. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. What, what about you, Reggie? Who, who were you rooting for in that big in this big face off fifteen years ago? Um. I was rooting for Kanye um, as well. Um, it didn't necessarily have to do nothing with the hometown hero as much as most people would probably expect. Um, you know, at that time, I kind of was getting tired of 50 just in the sense of, uh, I, at that time, if I can remember correctly, it was a lot of um, mixtapes that was going on and it was all like battle rap between him and um, Murder Inc. Mm. And, it was just too much, man. It was too much. Oh. It was just like the bars were weak. It was more like making poking fun of. Um, 
And then it kind of was like, at that time, I was really kind of seeing he was doing the very same thing that Ja Rule was doing, but he, had, he was making fun of Ja Rule for doing it. Yeah, I was so I, I just kind of was like seeing the holes in what he was claiming to be. And I kind of just saw like, really, he was just taking his MO and just making money off of it. And so for that, I wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? So um, I was rooting for Kanye. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know, it was more refreshing. You know what I'm saying? At that point as well. And, um, you know, a little bit more relatable as well at that time. You're right, Reg, because I was, I was getting tired of them too. And I was getting tired of them A shirts that everybody was walking around wearing. <laughs> bruh. You call them what they were. The G unit, bruh. Yeah, they did look a little brawish. I gotta admit. Yeah, it's unanimous. Like I, I think we're all we were all rooting for Kanye with that with that little album face off, you know, myself included. Like I, I had, you know, loved the previous two albums we had gotten from Kanye. And from my vantage point, like I kind of wanted I wanted the art to win, you know, like back then it was you know Kanye still had a lot to give us you know creatively and I just kind of felt that I had nothing against 50 but it was just like I, I saw that little face off at the time it's kind of like a barometer for where hip-hop as a whole was going to lean or like are we going to reward you know creativity and thoughtfulness and and, and art or are we going to just lean all into like the thug slash criminal elements or whatever that's that's the way i saw it back then you know i'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lot less judgmental now but um i just wanted the art to win you know it was like it's it's funny when you think about like when kanye and 50 came up like when their careers kind of like jump started like it was around the same time it's like get richard dot trying came out oh three college dropout oh four then they both dropped in 05 and then here they are way we're both dropping in 07 so like you know it was it was kind of inevitable that they were going to like lock horns sales wise and you know as we know as it played out graduation was the clear you know winner there and it's kind of looked at to, to this day as kanye's you know version of thriller you know a la michael jackson but yeah. um you know it was i just wanted yeah i just wanted i wanted to see hip-hop kind of gravitate towards something else and reward something That's else you know kanye um, kind of challenged a lot of images in hip-hop and I, I for what it was worth i thought that was good well i'm sorry i cut you off reggie no no no. i was just i just wanted to add to it once you was finished so i didn't want to cut you off i just wanted to say i wanted to add something to what you were saying oh yeah go ahead go ahead no i i agree um and i and i i really kind of believe that if let's just say i mean i know it was a competition about being a competition you know what i mean but uh, say 50 had won, I think music would have gravitated that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, the result of, let's just say, Kanye winning that, I kind of saw, um, you saw Wayne get more creative. Uh, then you get the backpackers that spawned like J. Cole and Wale and Kendrick and Drake. I mean, those are, for lack of better words, children of Kanye, you know what I mean? Agreed. I, I, I totally mean, you agree. know, they're not they're not gangsters. They're not drug dealers. They are, you know, rappers who can just rap. They have wordplay. So I feel like yeah. if he would have won, I think more gangster rap would have came out. I think people would have gravitated more to do that because they would have saw that, you know. So that's a good point that you made. 
And additionally, this may not be true, but I think it is. If Kanye didn't win, like Kanye, actually 50 Cent potentially should thank Kanye because I think that was when everything started waning for as far as his music was concerned and he shifted into uh you know acting and pro and producing yeah. whatever we wouldn't we might not have gotten power even though i've never seen an episode of power Just got to <laughs> mm -hmm. but you realize and, the cultural impact yeah exactly like he's like so so much has happened because because of that show and i literally haven't seen an episode of that it wasn't it was a joke side note side note bmf is better than power i'm just saying oh i wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> but um um i'm just saying like i think that's when he started realizing like yeah i need to shift my energies because i'm not gonna have this this uh glorious rap career like i may have thought i would like I think that's where the shift changed. Like he still made albums, but I think the shift happened at that point. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely yeah started to kind of change his focus a bit with his with his career and he started investing in, in vitamin water and all of that stuff. So um, I think it was just time, man. I think it was just time. I think I think the hip hop audience as a whole just kind of wanted something else. You know what I mean, like. Like I said, that's that's no diss to Fifty, but like, you know, Kanye was truly at that time bringing something really, really, you know, special to the to the to the game. Um, I wanted to talk about graduation a little bit, you know, like just do like a little retro review, like like at the time it came out, like what were y'all's impressions of it, like you know, and then over time, like how does it how does graduation sit with y'all? Because I was I was actually bumping it this week. You know, just kind of revisiting it to see how well it's aged, and I have thoughts. I have thoughts, but what what was y'all's initial thoughts upon hearing it, and then how y'all feel about it? Of you know, versus how y'all feel about it now. Um, I had a trend with Kanye albums at that time that were it was just it was just an uncanny feeling that he seemed to express either throughout the album or at least on a few tracks like each time at least those first three albums dropped um had a way of, of captivating my experience at that time it was, it was it was wild and i remember specifically barry bonds and it's a, it's a, barry bonds and can't tell me nothing oh man oh that so, song there they can't tell uh, me well, I, yeah. ain't, I don't mean to interrupt them. No, no, no. That was the one that I think can't tell me nothing was definitely the uh, the anthem for those coming of age. Um, the reason why Barry Bonds was like spot on for me was he had a couple of bars where he was talking with he would say, I don't need right tears. I might bounce ideas, but only I can come up with some it's like this. I done played the underdog my whole career. Have been a very good sport, haven't I? This year, they say it, the whole verse, like as far as they say, going crazy and wearing the pink polos, not like that was all me. I was I was having a, a bit of a power struggle at my job at that time, basically over intellectual property. Um, oh, word! Yeah, it was it was it was wild. Like I had, you know, created some stuff, and then they were trying to like 
Did you did you break out the strap and lay them busters down? Was it one of them type of uh, <laughs> conflicts? It almost, it almost, it almost got to that. It almost got to that. Chopper on them. <laughs> it was um, some east side niggas trying to, trying to. <laughs> nah, this is west siders. West siders. They, uh, the, the, the job wanted to, you know, lay claim to something that I built for them and then tried to basically get rid of me after that. But was like, yo, yeah, but you, not only are you going to leave, but we gonna take we gonna take this you know basically this program that, that i built for them i'm like nah that's not how this works i'll tell you what though because it, it was unfinished or at least as far as they knew it was unfinished i had it's like having two halves of a picture they only had one part of it i had the other part so it was an interesting struggle there and i'm like all right well if you don't need me get somebody else to do what i do and then that that graduation dropped and it had a bit of that energy to it and that was like i said third time in a row that that had happened with Kanye projects I, i'm almost ashamed to say now that i was in line with this thinking but that was that was <laughs> that was 15 years ago <laughs> that sounds like a whole story bro I, 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 oh oh it is it is it definitely <laughs> so is. you got a you have a personal connection to those records yeah yeah Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. That makes well, sense. I, man, that whole I mean when you think about the album though, like this this album seemed like he this is what propelled him internationally in my opinion, because I mean he did the stronger faster. He you know, he got that sample from, from Daft Punk, which was just strategic genius. Mm-hmm. Um Good Life was the anthem, man. I mean, that was mm-hmm. in the clubs, like that was just the anthem. Flashing lights. I mean, he had Dwayne on there. Like, he had brought Dwayne out to the world. Like, it was just, man, that was just a good song. You think about, can't tell me nothing was an anthem, man. Cause I mean, who, what person in Chicago around our age doesn't know that first? I mean, I mean, the first verse, let alone the whole song. Right. Like, it was huge. It was huge. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I awoke, I spent that on a necklace. I that's, told God I'd be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. Like, come on, man. That's like, <laughs> man, man, like those bars right there. That's on top of him merging again street with the backpackers because he put Jeezy on him. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jeezy every, wrote the hook. Everything I am. Um, Everything I'm not, maybe everything I am. Like, oh mm-hmm. my god, man. Yeah, it was big, it was a big brother. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was it was a it was a dope album. Like listening to it now, it, it's it's aged in a way where like when I listen to it now, like, you know, and I'm I'm not this is no in no way in me like trying to diss it or anything. Like it sounds to me now like an album from 2007. Whereas at the time it felt so cutting edge, like like records like Stronger and Flashing Lights felt so cutting edge to to hear in the, in a hip hop sphere, you know I, it it did sound kind of next level, you know. And sonically the album is all over the place, you know. You got some tracks on there like that sound like more vintage Kanye, like Everything I Am and Glory, um, but then you got like the stadium joints. And I remember thinking then when it came out. 
okay i totally get why it's called graduation like kanye is separating himself from the pack he's separating himself from his previous two albums like it was kind of like bittersweet to me almost because like i knew like okay ain't no turning back to this dude like the old kanye that we first was introduced to that dude's gone like this is a this is a mega star here you know like we're no longer going to get records like gone and on my way home and spaceship now we're going to get like these these stadium anthems and these songs that are meant to like you know feel coliseums and get you know massive radio play and um but the music still sounded good you know like and that's to me what kind of separated him from the from the rest of the pack yeah i feel like that was always the plan though like that that was the layout from the beginning it was college dropout late registration graduation good a job we just never got the last one and i think that was because i think the change that happened with kanye was less the superstardom i mean that was definitely a, a part of his plan i would say the thing that he could not have predicted that drastically changed everything was the death of dr west when she died that changed everything and i yeah. think that's why we never got the fourth album that's why his his sound completely changed right that's why we, where we got 808s and heartbreak and then we get the the, the longest disc record ever and um dark twisted fantasy and now that now the niggas just fully wilding yeah yeah what, what do y'all did y'all think that graduation shifted the the like sonically shifted the hip-hop scene at all yes, yes. not not yeah. not by itself i think kanye represented the viability of that sound commercially i think there were people that would have probably been moving in that direction anyway but they would not have been able to find a voice i don't believe Certainly not not being as successful as some of them have become. Well, I think. Okay. I, I, I go think ahead. It, go ahead. Oh, my. No, go ahead, Rez. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I think it also spawned a new generation of producers to mm-hmm. experiment. Um, like you said, I mean, you know, granted, uh, people that was in that space of backpacking, you know, they knew who that punk was, but now you had. In a city youth who never heard of that punk that wanted to know where that sample came from. You know what I mean? Now they researching and doing stuff. I just think that that sound allowed people to experiment a little bit more. And as well as, as well as again, just kind of open the door for everything else. I mean, because even that song, Stronger, the video was uh, in honoring of anime. He did a tribute to anime. And he did uh, he re um, did uh, Akira, the cartoon, or mm-hmm. the anime, yeah. however you want to say it. But um, I, again, I, I think it was just inevitable to be what it, it was, and spawn the next generation of rappers who we have now, as well as producers who we have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it ushered in a whole new era of 
of super producers and as stamp kanye as as an official super producer it's like now he could join the ranks of the dr dre's and you know the, the timberlands and you know kind of be seen in there you know in, in the same you know uh status as them um you know one of the things i was thinking too was that like going back and listening to it too it was kind of like now and even at the time when it came out i remember thinking like it's like man this dude's officially crossed over like and i don't know what this is going to mean like i don't know if this is if this means i'm still going to be a fan of his in the future or if like this is it because like for instance i think it's kind of personified with the whole like homecoming track it's like the original track he did with john legend which was actually supposed to be on college dropout was never released then he redid it with with chris martin from coldplay and the john legend version is just better you know it's just better but you know he released this other version and i remember thinking like oh this is cool but like to me it kind of symbolized like where he was going and where he wanted to go you know with it with his music and i, I think that's you know exemplified by the fact that of the two different versions we get of homecoming which uh, which like i said it was bittersweet it's like yeah this dude's expanding his sound you know and everything and it still sounds good but we're not gonna get <laughs> we're not gonna get the hometown kanye that we that we once had um yeah. dude you listening to it now where, where would y'all put it in his discography where would y'all rank it uh the graduation album because some people consider it his best album i i, I mean it's it's top three for sure who considers that his best album uh, greg for one i know greg does oh wow that's uh it's gonna have to answer for that <laughs> i mean it's this this top three in my opinion for sure um i would have to look at because all his different albums because like I, I i love kanye period but kind of i'm on kind of the fence as far as like you in when it comes to like the the direction he went with his sound now it did it did birth a lot of uh artists like you know the kid cuddies of the world travis scott is in my opinion is the is the the newer age kanye west because he's definitely taking his formula to a t definitely taking his formula we talking about even with the even in the shoe game like he's doing a lot of similar things but ah that's a good question I know it's top three though. I thought about it very long and hard, and I got I got to rank it number four. I I thought maybe I could put it above late registration, but I think reg, late registration edges it out a bit. Like, but top four for Kanye is still pretty dang good. It's not. It's definitely not better than Twisted Dark Fantasy to me. It's definitely not better than College Dropout. I think late registration kind of edges it out. Like. We we gotta talk about the the travesty that was drunken hot girls, which is recognized as oh, the worst song oh. on the album. Which which what's funny is that if you release drunken hot girls today on a Kanye album, it would be one of the highlights on the album. <laughs> 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 which just goes to show like how far he's kind of you know strayed, man. It's he like it 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 it. it, 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 it 
it was bad because it was like Kanye was at his height. He was at his prime at this time. And the only artist, the featured artist on it was Most Def, who is a critically acclaimed artist. So it was like, I'm thinking like, I'm gonna get something totally different from what we got when I when I heard Drunken Hot Girls. And it's just like, what is this? But um, yeah, I, I will put it at fourth. I will put it at fourth. But like I said, fourth is still pretty dang good. Uh, where, where would you put it, Jamil or, or Reggie? I would say probably fourth below um, Dark Twisted Fantasy, uh, College Dropout, and Late Registration. You say between? Below. Oh, below, below, below. Okay. Below College. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What about you, Reggie? Um, I, you know what? I, to be honest with you, I will have to revisit his his, his discography. Um, exactly. I, I know I really, I mean, like, again, outside the um, Drunken High Girls, um, this is the All of the Lights tour, correct? I believe so, yeah. Uh, no, nah, that was, was, a, was on Twisted away. Dark Fantasy. Oh, no, it's Twisted Dark Oh, was it? Yeah. No, 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 no. All of the, All of the tour. Lights. Yeah, the tour. Oh, Glow in the Dark tour. Yeah, the glow in the dark too. That's my man. Yeah, yeah, that was that was graduation. Um, Okay, so you saying college dropout? I like college dropout. Um, I don't know, man. I I think it's a lot higher than what y'all guys is putting it, man. Exactly. Um, But but I mean I'm I'm, I mean again like like you said top four is I mean four is not bad for this biography it is but. Um, hmm, I have to revisit some some tracks, man. I mean, some albums. I I got a question for Ian and and, and Jamil. So go ahead. I do um, like late registration though. So late registration may be my one. Uh huh. And so I might give graduation my two and college dropout my three, but they could interchange. Hmm. Hmm. It's top three for sure. In my and opinion. then I think, I think my twisted dark fantasy could interchange with them as well, depending on the time, like what I'm, where I'm at, and what I'm doing. But I, late registration. I mean, twisted dark fantasy is not as high on my list as everybody else's. I I want to ask a question to Jamil and, and Ian. If I was to if I was to be DJing, and I played the same amount of songs from, from uh, graduation as I did Twisted Dark Fantasy. What songs do you think you would have memorized more? Dark Twisted Fantasy. Definitely Dark Twisted Fantasy. You think so? But, but I will say this. If it's a party, right, graduation is the graduation one. Graduation is the one to go heavier into. Correct. Ain't nobody shaking nothing to Twisted Dark Fantasy. You know, it's it's I mean, stronger gets the party started. Um, good life gets the party good life. started. And can't tell me nothing is what you play when you know I'm I'm you know I'm so drunk I can barely stand up and y'all gotta kick me out. Like Yeah, you like, either start or end the party with can't tell me nothing. I mean I'm just thinking about even song like I'm looking at the album. I mean, the, the title list of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, power, all of the lights, monster, 
So a fall. Yeah, devil so, in a blue um, dress. Devil in a new dress. But I don't know. Gorgeous. You forgot. No, no. I mean, I, I, I know the song, but I don't know the lyrics of the song, like verbatim, like I do. Closer to verbatim, like I do. Graduation. Like I know power in and out. I know all of the lights. I love the remix of all of the lights with all of those different artists on it too. Um, I'm just saying, like, I guess that's why I just say for me, you know, I'm saying top three, but that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Top top three is yeah. I, I mean, that's that's one spot above. Yeah, yeah, where I got it. Um, real real quick, a, a little bit of trivia. Did you know that Glory was actually supposed to be on Commons? Find it forever album, but Kanye took it off and and to include it on his album, which is funny because it comes right behind everything I am, which was a beat common passed on. I think both were good decisions, honestly. I, yeah, I think so too. I think Glory would not have really fit the vibe of Find It Forever. Yeah, it might have. It might have. But I, I can see why he. I can see why he yanked it. You know, definitely. Definitely. The, 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 for yeah. me, the had a lot of songs that he passed on. Yeah, I was. I had the privilege of listening to a bunch of tracks that Yay Yay comment. He passed on a lot. Mm. And you like, man, why he pass on this? I mean, I guess like he was just in a different space. Maybe you know his writing style is different. You know, because he he literally does write. You know what I mean? And I think maybe, you know, cadences, the whole nine subject matter, he just wasn't feeling certain songs, but it's certain songs that they kept and songs that he gave uh, Jay-Z for certain tracks. And I'm just like, dude, I can't believe he passed on these. Mm. So, I mean, you know, I mean, you hear these stories all the time about like songs are supposed to be given to certain people over, yeah. you know, others. And then you'd be like, why did they didn't do that? And you just yeah. be unknown reasons but you know i'm not shocked you know what i'm saying like jamil said i'm now that happens not to, uh, that happens to every artist almost man like uh i know this is a hip-hop show but um uh, you know that song about uh mario say he's just a friend yeah usher you should hear usher's version usher had that song but he passed on it and mario took it he passed on it for uh you remind me of you remind, you remind me. Like, he decided mm. to go, go that route. Usher was too old for Just a Friend anyway. Yeah, but you should hear it, man. It's, it's pretty dope listening to it. But uh, mm. he went to you. He went with You Remind Me, and then Mario took it. Mm. Yeah. So it, that happens all the time. I'm yeah, it sure. does. It does. Yeah, for me, the, 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 the only lull in the album for me was... It's like the one, two, three punch. I, I unpopular opinion. I was never crazy about can't tell me nothing. I never liked Barry Bonds. And of course, right behind that is Drunken Hot Girls. So that's kind of like the lull in the album. And then like I thought Big Brother just lasted too long. But outside of that, <laughs> you know, it's 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 pretty You don't like can't tell me nothing? I don't. I don't. Wow. Like that's how you start the song. It, it empowered a lot of black women at that time in the <laughs> that. That's, that's how that you was. start a song, man. <laughs> that is how you start a song. I mean the bars go hard. It's the beat I didn't care for. 
Okay. Yeah, the bars go hard. This is the beat I didn't care for. Barry Bonds is a skip. Drunk and Hot Girls is a skip. And then Big Brother, most of the time, it's a skip. You know? Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. It, it just felt so... Cr- it, it felt a little cringe back then. And now, with all this hindsight between him and Jay, it feels even more cringe. It's just, It just always felt like Kanye had way more admiration and, and love for Jay-Z than Jay-Z had for Kanye. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's that's the whole point, man. Like, big brother. Like, the big brother never looks at the younger brother. It's always the other way around. But it's still a mutual, there's still a mutual affection there that happens if that's, like, really your, your, you know, a brotherly type relationship. And I think it was always one-sided. Nah, I didn't feel that way. Until... Until Jay Z needed Kanye to save him, that's my unpopular opinion. Wait, save him from what? He was not. He was not in a great place musically, um, and Kanye kind of like gave him his second win. With with him. which album? With with the Dynasty and with. Uh, especially with the blueprint but what i was actually talking about was uh watch the throne because definitely gave him a uh, something a solid foundation to uh to do something off of for sure my point with that is that kanye at the time that watch the throne drop was the bigger star for sure and this is before we got to billionaire jay-z and Kanye has kind of been responsible for both the second and third acts. Not solely, obviously, but a a big catalyst for the second and third acts of Jay-Z's career. Not that Jay has not earned his spot. I don't I don't want to be misunderstood in that way, but I don't I don't know that um like the way Jay be sunning Kanye, I don't know that that's necessarily warranted. Kanye is an is an idiot and he can like I can only imagine he's insufferable to be around. Um, but I think he he does deserve some some props for that in particular, and he as hard as it is to say this because dude is in love with his own <laughs> his own uh, reflection. But I think that he you know he deserves a little more credit than he than he gets in a, in a lot of cases. Like Taylor Swift, I feel like owes him a lot even though it came out negatively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I hear what you're saying, um, but but I, I believe it was truly a big brother, little brother kind of experience. I mean, like you said, I think Kanye is insufferable at times. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like the pesky little brother. You know what I'm saying? And even that song is kind of like, I look up to you, but I'm going to be better than you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. a big ups but a diss at the same time. You know what I mean? It's you know what I'm saying? It's kind of it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? So it was think, weird. It was weird, and it, it's no, even it, more it weird. Was. Yeah, it's I, like a tribute to him, but at the same time, and then what they kind of got, um, I guess what they kind of got into it about initially, which was kind of some money, but in retrospect, like. You know, it was the whole title thing. But in retrospect, like, he made Kanye money with the whole situation. Right. But 
Kanye wanted his money a lot faster or because he was broke at the time. And you know, you know, business deals don't work like that. Like, yeah, I mean, I can I can give you my your money because I got money, but it's like, you know, in order for you to get your investment back, I just can't give you that back. Like, and then you know, and then again, it's like a little brother. Like, he want to act out, so then you go on concert and then you go crazy and you start ranting about they don't he don't want to talk to me. It's like, dude, I, I wouldn't talk to you neither. Man. Like, you wilding, like, <laughs> you wilding, Danny. You wilding, like so. I kind of understood. You know what I'm saying, Jay? But I mean, Jay has spoke plenty of times, though, on how Kanye came in with the beats and even Guru um, in a lot of interviews that he said, he said that if it wasn't for Kanye, he said because Kanye was pulling out beats right away, whereas just Blaze would have eventually made the beat, but his process is different. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They said yeah. Kanye would just sit in the studio and just you know what I'm saying? Play a sample and he just be like all day with it and like make something right there. Which is when Jay is in the studio, he try to be in the studio for like 24 hours, 48 hours and try to bang out as much as he can because he's so busy. And you know, by the time that happened, just Blaze, he finally come with a track. It's too late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Kanye, Kanye didn't put out eight four. tracks already. Yeah, <laughs> now you like, dang, all right. Like, so. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of, you know what I'm saying? I, I understand that in, in some regards. Uh, and I think Jay understands that in some regard as well. Um, but again, we all know, like, Kanye just handles things horribly wrong. And it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, last question, man, on, on, on graduation. In y'all's personal opinions, what's the most underrated track from the album and what is the most overrated track from the album? I think the most overrated track from the album is Stronger. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. Because that was obviously, uh, like I said, that was, that was a genius strategy to propel itself into a different lane. Like yeah. That was that's obvious. Like he 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 reined it in on the lyrics. He, he, he reined it in on the lyrics there, but it was a it was impactful though. I think the most overrated song is Flashing Lights. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, I mean that that got a lot of praise. It got it was like premiering all over for video. Like the video was dope, but like I think that might have been the reason why I got so much push though is about the, the video more than the track itself. Because the video was cold. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the whole concept of it and everything. But the Dwele feature too. Cause uh Yeah. You know, the people from his area, man, they was you know, cause Dwele wasn't heavily known and you know he was in Neo in the Neo Soul lane, but like that just yeah, he got love from that area. From Detroit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'ma go most uh, to me the most overrated track from graduation to me is I'm sticking to my guns, man. It's it can't tell me nothing. Um oh, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> not not it's it's not a it's not yeah, like a trash a trash song. I'm not saying that, but it's just to me slightly overrated. Slightly overrated compared to the other stuff on the album. Um, so you so you saying we can't tell you nothing about can't tell me nothing? You can't tell me nothing. 
Can't tell me nothing, man. Um, I think the dopest song is I Wonder. That's what I was, was going to say. That's say, the, I was gonna the say that was underrated. For most underrated, definitely, is I Wonder. Yes. I go with that, too. Yeah. Or Bittersweet, which I don't think was released on the original version of the album. But I love Bittersweet. Yeah, it sure wasn't. Okay. All right. That's another one. That, that one has a story, too. It's not, that's not a... Uh, not radio friendly though. <laughs> All right. I had to get that one off wax. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Real quick, man. I wanted to spend the next 20 minutes uh on this real quick. The hip hop blog era, um, which we'll call it from 2007 to 2014. Um, it was it was an era in hip hop where the internet and blogs and um, the people who wrote them were very instrumental in breaking new artists, breaking new material, mixtapes, albums, etc. And it was kind of an age where we got kind of like the floodgates opened up as far as content goes and material from artists. And a lot of the artists that are kind of reigning at the top right now, the J. Coles, the the Drakes, the Kendricks, they actually got their, the start of their careers jump-started in the blog era. So, you know, the precursor to the blog era was, of course, you know, hip-hop, online hip-hop message boards and discussion forums that kind of, you know, was dominated by, like, you know, white suburban kids and didn't, didn't do a whole lot to move the culture, move the needle on the culture specifically. And I would say the offspring of the, the blog area is definitely the, the, the streaming takeover, you know, um, because on a lot of these blog sites, that Piff, um, you know, Two Dope Boys, Pigeons and Planes, Fake Shore Drive, World, even World Star Hip Hop, they because they, they, they start out as a blog, you know, these these blogs kind of like just just broke a lot of you know, music and artists for, for hip hop audiences. Do, do y'all think that we took the blog era or do we still take the blog era for granted? Kind of. Um, because the way I see it, there was so much exposure that happened at the time that it was a lot of trash that came through too. Um, so as after certain points, you know, you get saturated with content, it sometimes got difficult to figure out what was going to be good or not. And some of the, some of the blogs began to lose credibility as well um, as they gain popularity. I mean, that's just kind of how the game goes, right? You, you get more traffic, more followers, more, more capital. Um, you're beholden to a larger audience, which tends to then dilute the product. Uh, and then this, I guess, is just through my own lens. It became hard to trust sources that once were trustworthy, like toward the end of it. Mm. I think hey, I'm, I'm gonna say this real quick. I gotta, I gotta get off, guys. I, I, I wish I could stay a little longer, but <laughs> I really totally missed the whole blog era. Like, I didn't even know it existed. Like, mm. I don't know where I was at or whatever during that time period or what I was doing, but I totally missed it. The, <laughs> the only thing that I was aware of was the streaming platform. So I was a big that fifth fan, which, you know, basically my download went off 
like your top 10, you know, you, they had like a top tier list, like oh, how many downloads for whatever. And I'm like, okay, like it's like 10 million people listening to this or download it. Like, like, how is this possible? You know what I mean? So then I go check it out and I'm like, oh, okay, this is dope. Or this is not like, you know what I mean? Like this is clearly somebody just playing this over and over again. So with that being said, that is as far as it went with me with a blog of current. I didn't read no articles on nobody know nothing like i didn't even know the blog area existed totally mental <laughs> okay well i i will just to add and uh if you gotta go reg man I, I, i'll let you later um i will say i think i think the blog area wasn't appreciated because that was when the technology boom was happening so like right everything shifted so fast like it didn't even have time to to grow to grow you know uh to grow roots because it, it it evolved into something else so fast because te- technology was booming so fast you know like after after cds like nothing lasted for like five years you know for a while like it was just you know, everything was moving technology-wise. Once the internet really became something, and uh, you know, YouTube started to like become a main thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, I, I barely was able to get into it. Like, I'm, I'm on I'm on, on on Reggie with that. The same side, like, um, but you know, I was I was involved with that that piff. And uh, LimeWire. <laughs> well, I was right. I was huge well, on LimeWire, boy. Well, I, if you recall, if you recall, LimeWire had kind of went defunct around by like 2006, 2007, which which was also kind of aided the popularity of the blogs because you could stream stuff, you know, off the actual blog sites and download it off the blog sites and stuff. So. It kind of the the blogs kind of came in right at the perfect time. Yeah, but then then it shifted, like I said, technology wise. So I don't think, especially like we were, like we were we we happened to grow up in the spot where everything technology was shifting as we were grown. Like we were officially grown men, you know, twenty four to twenty eight. So, you know. Um, like, so kids under us, they probably were more in tune because, uh, like I started to be a little bit out of tune with technology at that point because, you know, responsibility. So it was like, I didn't have time to just focus on that. You know, I was in 07, I was married for a year, you know, <laughs> so right, right. I didn't have time to just be be one with like what was going on in the music scene like that right right i i i was a forum cat i i stayed on the underground hip-hop forums in like the early 2000s so for me going getting into the blog sphere or whatever was kind of a a natural progression for me but i still like there's still a lot of websites i hear about that like i just was not up on 
back then. Like I mainly gravitated toward, you know, Fake Shore Drive, OK Player, Pigeons and Planes. And then if I couldn't find something on there, I could find everything on that piff. But because I also was not, I, I too was a newlywed. So I wasn't going out every weekend to, you know, hang out with B-boys or go up to the point and hang out in record stores and all of that. I was, you know, I was doing a newlywed thing. So I was inside a lot and I, I wasn't around, you know, I wasn't in the brick and mortar spots where people would talk about cool hip hop coming out. So for me, the blogs were kind of like my go to 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 learn about you know what artists were, were were coming out or had material worth checking out but even you know even for me it was hard to keep up you know with all, all the stuff that or all the sites that, that were really out there um i, I do think we kind of take it for granted though like in hindsight because around that time the, the the blog era you saw the 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 loosening of the grip that major la record labels had on the industry and, and major labels became less important because to be quite honest artists no longer needed to be signed you know with major labels to get enough eyes and ears on them and you know eventually set, sell out stadiums you know and for me it kind of really even the blog era really even the playing field as far as talent because the people who ran the blog sites these were hip-hop heads and hip-hop fans too so they would listen to the stuff that they were they were plugging and it really allowed the, the cream of the crop to kind of rise to the to the top eventually you know and technology was seen to be for the first time you know working in the artist's favor and working in a way that artists always want intended for it to work you know because before then you know the internet and hip-hop just kind of didn't mix you know if you don't believe me listen to any battle rapper from the early 2000s and what they got to say about blogs and people on the internet right. commenting on hip-hop and and for me the blog era kind of helped even the playing field a little bit and um you know for what it was worth the bloggers knew the music but you know uh, well go ahead that's go ahead. that's 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 iffy too i think depending on what what blog you went to right but also i think my original point kind of still stands to that i think in the very beginning it was pure it's like everything else man when you have a, a, a you know an invested community involved around anything in this case it being hip-hop blogs at the beginning yeah you know the, the people who were running the show were, were heads and you know had a real ear for the culture and you know if you, you could kind of trust if, if they said it was dope it was dope if they said it was whack it was probably whack but then you know the the, the dollars start coming in and you know ownership changes hands and more and more guests get involved and all of a sudden the names are staying the same but the backing is different and now your responsibilities to said backing is different and it changes things and i think that the accessibility is obviously a good thing but as far as leveling the playing field for talent i think what actually happened is it just kind of lowered the barrier for entry which is great when you have a real talent and they don't have to go through all this red tape to get to the consumer but by lowering that barrier to entry what that also does is allow a whole lot of bs to get past too and eventually that that starts to get drowned out yeah or it, it can yeah uh, understood understood I, I i would not disagree with that i i i just feel that like the the, the good kind of far away the bad with with the blog era 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's an article on Complex uh, called the, uh, the blog era was perfectly imperfect. And it kind of goes into the uh, the good and the bad and the ugly about the blog era. It's, it's a pretty interesting read. And, you know, it talks about how, uh, you know, that era was, it was kind of like the Wild West as far as music dis distribution and discovery. And some of the artists that we saw kind of gain notoriety during the blog era, like Kendrick, like Chief Keith, you know, but it was, I, I agree, like, like lowering the bar kind of had its own bad effects, but I think it was it was the intention was to provide many different types of hip hop. And I think mm -hmm. with that, you got a lot of like really kitschy, trendy, hipsterish subgenres of hip hop that, you know, some acts stuck around, some obviously didn't. And I think that was also a byproduct of it, too, because you started to see more people like like Kid Inc., uh, like Donis. Did y'all did y'all know hear hear this group back back in the like <laughs> the mid two thousands or late two thousands called the Nux? The Nux. Why that sound familiar? Where they from? K N U X. They they had a they had a single called uh, Cappuccino, and they had another one called Bang Bang. But I I messed with them heavy. But like listening to them now, I totally get why they didn't blow up. Like because they did rock they, and rap. Are they from New Orleans? Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about that. Man, yeah, I messed with the Nux heavy. They were they were so dope to me. But like cats like them just did not have the staying power because you know hip hop eventually got more into you know trap and and all of that yeah. uh, and that Memphis sound. So it's like you know it is what it is. But like that's how I discovered Joey B. That's how I discovered uh, Pac Div. Um, who else? Canine uh, Wale. Yeah, Wale, Nitty Scott, the cool um, kids, the cool yeah, kids, right, right, the cool kids, absolutely. So it was, it was, it was an interesting time, man, because you had a lot of like dope, talented artists, kind of like rising up in the ranks and and getting more eyes on them, who who deserved the attention. To be quite honest, you know, and, and to me, I don't know. I, I think the the good of the blog era far away the bad. Yeah. I, I agree because I think the the best of the best of that era still they were either able to cut through at that time or a lot of them are still around. Like you look at somebody like Lupe, for instance. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, major label backing, but he was definitely a product of the blog era. Era. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think Kanye kind of kind of predates the blog era because, like, I, I, I mean, Lupe rather. Cause Lupe, we heard him on uh, late registration, and that's that that's kind of pre pre blog era. Yeah, yeah. But how many times you hear somebody on the record too, and then you just never hear him again? A la, uh really though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the artists who were like popping around like the start of the blog era. Those were the ones who who fared the worst, like like the Nugs, Asher Roth, Charles Hamilton, B.O.B. I think that they just they couldn't they, they couldn't get out of their own way to make like a breakthrough album that really pushed them to the forefront. Whereas like the artists who were kind of like came in more toward the tail end of the blog era, they did a little better. Like artists like Mac Miller, Cy High the Prince, Action Bronson. Um, you know, 
I think I think that early vlog era, the only people still around are like the Coles, the Kendricks, Wale, who else? Of course, Drake. Because I heard about Drake on a blog, actually. Um, but it was it was an interesting time in hip hop, man. I, I really think it was. It was it was a lot of variety. It was a um, it, it was it was something for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's you know, kind of gave way to streaming now. But you know, it, it was it was an interesting era. You know, it was an interesting era. You could you could pretty much find whatever you were, uh, yeah, whatever you were looking for musically. You know, and, and you know, artists again, artists didn't need to be signed to major labels. You know, so that was the other thing. Of course, some use the attention they got on the blogs as leverage for their major label deals but they didn't really need you know major label uh uh you know a major label contract to really break through to the the people who wanted to hear them so i think i think for that reason alone it was it was a good era you know but you eventually have people sell out and start signing <laughs> major label deals again so man you right labels ain't going nowhere Kendrick. I found out about Kendrick Lamar from a blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of artists, man. It was a lot of artists at that time, you know, getting a, getting attention. It was this this paragraph from Revolt. It says uh, on Revolt.com, it says the 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 blog era got its name because in order to gain a substantial amount of buzz during this time, most artists had to be featured on blogs. To put into perspective how vital it was to get featured on these outlets, its importance best compares to the significance of gaining placements on editorial playlists during today's streaming area. While a ton of artists during this time started independently and remained that way, there were several that still took the route of of later signing on to a major label. Um, But it also says all they needed to do was show they had already built a dedicated fan base by way of the internet. And that was, yeah, that was pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, yeah, DJ Booth, Miss Miss Info, I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, it, the blog era probably means more to people a little younger than, you know, than us. People probably like 10 years younger than us. Because that's probably how they got, you know, exposed to, to most of the artists they listen to now. Yeah. Yep. But, all right, let's move on. Um... Let's do our album face off, man, for the night. We got a we got a good one, man. <clears throat> Battle of the art pieces is what I called it. So in one corner, we have the album Fly God by West Side Gun going up against the album Breakfast at Banksy's by Semi Hendrix, which is the uh, collaborative group of Jack Splash and Raz Cass. Now, West Side Gun's Fly God album, this was his debut album, uh, released March 11th, 2016 on Griselda Records, clocking in at 18 tracks in 58 minutes, produced by Derringer, Alchemist, Rock Marciano, Apollo Brown, Static Selector, and Camouflage Monk. Um, I think Rock Marciano did a track too. Oh, I mentioned him, I mentioned him. And then uh, in the other corner with the Semi Hendrix, Breakfast at Banksy's, at Banksy's, that was also their one and only LP that they did together, released October 16, 2015 on Mellow Music, clocking in at 18 songs and 63 minutes, produced entirely by Jack Splash. 
I'll give it up to you all. Between these two albums, between Fly God by West Side Gun and Breakfast at Banksy's by Semi Hendrix, which album were you feeling more and why? Uh, I'll go. So one of these felt like it could have been made yesterday and one of these felt like it was made like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the the Fly Guy album, like that's 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 Westside, you know what I'm saying? At his finest. Like he is he's nobody's champion lyricist, but he got bars, but mainly he is a he is a fantastic curator of projects. Whereas the the Breakfast of Banksy, um, I had not heard this project before. And I usually, you know, will, will find my way hearing something that Rascas had done. Um, yeah, this one sounds dated, man. It was like it sounded a lot like um, Electric Circus or um, I was another album I had in mind when I was listening to it. it oh, Phrenology. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been. Right, right. And <laughs> when I was listening to it, it made me think of phrenology. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not going to like this. Cause, but that's where it, it put me in mind of both of those. And I think um, it was like like 13 years past when that sound was um, kind of at its apex, I think. Whereas, now, what sound are you, are you speaking of specifically? I'm sorry? Wh- which sound are you speaking of specifically? Just the whole vibe of the album, the the use of the live instrumentation, the rock influences. Um, it just sounded a lot like what the roots were doing on Phrenology, what Common was doing on Electric Circus, what Jake Five did with Power and Numbers, and those were all around the same time, like early two thousands. You can even throw in not exactly sonically, but just as far as going a little bit to the left, um, what Dre did with, with Love Below. Mm. Again, all around that same time, so it was it was just a uh, an older sounding album to me, and I, I I went to check the date. Like maybe I was just way off, and it was at that time, and it it, it was not. <laughs> um, but that fly guy, man, that like you really, it, I guess it was a couple skips here, but it really don't miss nowhere at all. I uh, I could have done without some of the the sketches, but sketches the um the like interludes in between tracks. But I know that that's a, a whole part of the package too, so I was good with that. Um, so you, I mean, how do you not rock with the Fly God like this? Yo, I know I said it was old. <laughs> but that, that breakfast in Banksy's was cold. <laughs> it was so cold. I, I specifically wow. said because I liked it so much. I love the Breakfast of Banksy's. That was my joint. I'm wow. The crossover. I thought you were, you were definitely going for the fly guy. Wow. I knew you would like the Semi Hendrix. I didn't know you would like it that much, though. Yeah, I loved it, man. Like, this one, this one's probably going to be in a rotation for a little while. Wow, wow, okay, okay. That nigga Raskas said, I'm a skinny jeans. <laughs> Which I'm a skinny jeans um, bigot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh, he's just man. a better rapper than 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 um 
than Westside is. It's true. Very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he he went with some interesting production choices. I, I'm I'm gonna get into details a little a little in a, in a second, but um, I actually really appreciated those production choices though. Like like that sound. Um. It was real b-boy you know what i mean and it, 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 it's, it's kind of sound like the soundtrack of a place that i would be in even now more so than um what the fly guy would be like that's that's something they would play in a tunnel you know how earlier we was talking about mm. in certain places you don't want to go like that's what they playing in those spots <laughs> right it's griselda right right <laughs> indeed indeed wow okay See you riding with the with the breakfast at Banksy. Surprise yeah. me. Okay. Man, okay. All right, Vince, man. I think I, I know where you're leaning, but I, I'll, I'll let you speak on it. Uh okay, so I look at both of these albums, man. Well, Breakfast at Banksy's, I will say this. I had to listen to the first seven songs again. Cause I was trying to figure out what was going on. Because um, it was like I'm just had to figure out. Like once I was able to centralize, like get a, get like kind of a, a read on what was happening, I started it over, and I'm glad I did that. Because I would have just I wouldn't have given the the, fa- uh, the the these two facing off against each other do justice. You know, I would have just immediately would just been like, man, let me just hear half of every song skip through it just so i can say fly god you know um and i didn't want to do that because you know ras cast man you gotta give respect to the guy um but man that heartbreak yeah I that know, was dope that was that dope and and to do it with his actual baby mama too man that was dope um gotta get a grip i love that Mm. Uh, 4081 that was cold that was cold can't give up now I love it like the last song I love that too like I didn't necessarily dislike any song it was just like you know I was trying to figure out like sonically what was going on because it was just like so it was just so old sounding um not in a bad way though it's just like it just felt like old movies you know so like um to equate both of these albums they feel like um in the same on the same plane but on opposite ends of the spectrum of it one felt like what do they call a one one album felt like a, a soundtrack for a black exploitation movie and another another album sounded like the soundtrack for a serious black mafia movie mm. and you guys know which one <laughs> describes the other you know which one describes which. for sure so that fly guy i mean it's i know it's the early stages of what side done but it's typical like they actually sound exactly like they sounded seven years ago like yeah i can't really say they've gotten better they were just 
that good that early. You know what I'm saying? Like they were they were that good. Like I I can't say that they have considerably gotten better. They just may have gotten more efficient. But I don't right. know if they stay consistent. Like, yeah, yeah, like so um I will give the nod to the fly guy just because it's it's more familiar, but I wanna kinda give it a tie to be honest. Like mm. I wanna the reason why is because I don't think Razcast was taking this album like he was he was he was doing what he's supposed to on the album, but I don't think anybody was taking the album seriously but not you know but not in a not in a way like they were um just ringing it in but like they were having fun with it and mm-hmm. they were having fun the entire album it was like man let's try some some funky stuff and and make some dope stuff out of it make make some art like you said it's an art piece but i think west side gun was taking he takes his album seriously like i ain't playing like it's nothing fun about this we we um we 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 going in you know like mafia style and the slow 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 rhythms that he chooses like it almost seems like it'll put you to sleep but like it's just the way the way they do it is perfect man it's 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 like i really have a deep appreciation for that style of rapping because like they really slow it down like i don't I can't remember any other artist that did that before they were doing it. Like just rapping with that BPM so slow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it works though. It works. It's like but I wanna I kinda wanna say a tie, you know. But just off of the off of the familiarity and like just looking forward to the next song. Cause I you know, I was I was in complete shock with with uh Breakfast at Banksy's. I was just—I didn't know what was coming next. <laughs> um, but just off of that, but I would—I probably would give it a tie if I heard had heard both of these albums before and mm-hmm. listened to it again for the face-off. I would have said I would have given it a tie. Oh wow, wow! They were that close. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. That Breakfast at Banksy's, man. As quirky as it is, like it was really fun, man. It was fun listening to it. It was. It was. Yeah. Like, like I I enjoyed it. I, I was I guess I'm getting into my review now, but like I was expecting something a, a slightly different when I, I found out whose name was attached to it with Raz Kaz. And he had just come off the Blasphemy album the previous year with Apollo Brown. So I was kind of expecting something else, slightly just in, in terms of tone and, and music. So it, it, it definitely caught me off guard. Now for me, like I, I love both these albums. I, I think the West Side Gun, this was this was definitely the very first project I had heard from him. I didn't know nothing about this dude other than that he had been signed to Shady Records. And I knew about that connection, but I didn't really know what type of rapper he was. And then when this dropped, I mean, you know, as you know, he, he didn't waste any time um giving us what we now love him for which is some dope sample heavy boom bap 
you know, drug and crime hip hop, you know, and this this album was really the opening salvo and reestablishing and reintroducing an actual New York sound, you know, plus a, a be, the bevy of, of guest MCs on, that he, you know, put on here. They, they pull a lot of the weight, like rapping wise, you know, in addition to West Side Gun himself doing a little bit more rapping on this project than he's done on some future projects. But you had, of course, Conway, Benny, Action Bronson, Sky Zoo, your old Drew makes it makes a, an appearance in addition to, um, you know, others. So th this project is it's it's about more than just the dope beats, the dope, nostalgic, sample heavy beats. It's 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 doing a lot lyrically as well. Um, and like I said, the Semi Hendrix, I also enjoy. I had slightly different expectations initially because Raz Cass had just delivered Blasphemy the year before, which is a classic banger in my opinion. And immediately when I threw on Breakfast at Banky at Banksy's, I recognized, okay, he's he's trying something different. He's he's dipping in the 70s uh funk. He uh, you know, he's dipping into like old school G funk with tracks like Jerry Curl Juice. He's doing like yeah, yeah. yeah real soulful boom bapper stuff like with on like Jesus press the mute button. I love that track. Um, it felt a lot like Blasphemy. It did. It did. It felt like it. Yeah, it could have went on Blasphemy. Um, I, I love Jesus Press the Mute button. And I, overall, to me, the first half of Breakfast at Bank at Banksy's, for me, it's it's a little bit of a mixed results in my opinion. Yeah, hmm. not not so much with Raz, but it with the production. You know, mm -hmm. so a lot of it works, like waterboarding, Tinkerbell, Sex Pistol, uh, where he's clearly just having fun, uh, Loogies. But then on some tracks, it doesn't work so so well, like like Nignorance and Stone Cold Hustler and IT. Those tracks felt kind of hokey to me a little bit, and it felt that like it, it took a little while for the Breakfast at Banksy's to get its legs up under it. But once it did. Once it finally does get its legs up under it, man, it gives us some good material. Like everything from MASH on to the end of the album is fire. I just wish he had found his groove a little earlier in the album and maybe shaved off maybe about four or five songs. But like everything from MASH on through to the end of the album is, is a keeper, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, if you could power through some of the, more experiencing experimental stuff breakfast at banksy's is a very rewarding listen but fly god is a immediately rewarding listen so i'm giving it to fly god this this if west side gun has a classic under his in his in his discography then i think this is the one i had a discussion with reggie off wax about this he thinks it's hitler wears her man seven uh which you know ain't a bad pick either but I, I think this is the one. He just he just comes in strong and just does not let up. And it's like by the third track, you're like fully buckled in and you know what you're getting. You're like, okay, this if this is what he's giving me, then yeah, I'm I'm strapping in, you know. Whereas, you know, it, and the album sounds like it's it comes in sounding like a long lost relic from the nineties, but draped in modern fashion and the slang of the twenty tens. And, you know, Tracks like Mr. T and Omar's Coming and Overgold and Vivian at the Art Basel, like that, those tracks just just sealed it for me. It just sealed it for me. Like I, I, I wish, I wish 
Razzcast that took a, a, a slightly simpler approach musically with some of the tracks he did. But it's like I said, it's still Breakfast at Banksy's is still a very, very rewarding listen. You know, the other thing I like about Fly Guy, the scratch work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, there is some impeccable scratch work on here. Um, like the track he brought, he brought in Qbert, and you know the wheels don't really wobble till you hit the song Albright Knox. That's that's the only one questionable track to me on the album. You yeah. know, whereas it was it was it was quite a few more on the Breakfast at Banks's. But hey, you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm giving it to the Fly Guy, but. I think I think both these albums are definitely definitely worth a listen. Um, did did y'all have a did, Jamil? Did you have a favorite track for the for the Breakfast at Banksy's? Uh, Jesus, Jesus on mute or Jesus held a mute or how however the title goes. Don't. Okay, okay, okay. Vince, did you have a, a favorite track from um, from Fly God? Well, as a special nod, I like that Jerry Curl Juice. Cause it was so G funk with man, it's just like yeah, that was cool. It was too short. That it was name, short. <laughs> yeah, it was short. That name too is just like, come on, now you, that, that'll make you listen to it. Just looking at the title. Um, but I, I really did love Heartbreak, man. Like, that beat, like that, that just that was the start of the um, of me figuring out what this album was, and it, it hit it hit me uh, it impacted me, like. It was impactful in that way because it, it made me have to start. It made me start over because I was like, "All right, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta hear these other ones again." But I did love Breakfast at Banksy's. I think maybe because I saw that Coast Contra was on it, and since I done, uh became like the hugest Coast Contra fan, um, <laughs> it was like. I wanted to hear them at you know I wanted to hear a 2015 version of them because they so polished now, right? So I so I did like that. Man, Coast Country dope, man. I don't, if y'all, I heard I finally heard the that, scenario freestyle they did. Man, that was that was amazing. That was that Ideals was so meal ideals meal. Man, that look, was that was some that was some retro 90s throwback hip hop right there. Yeah, man. like I. Like, I know we but you can tell who they've been around. This ain't a thing about Coast Country, but they have perfectly blended every every type of hip hop. Like it's like they are truly hip hop's children. You know, <laughs> they remind me of what I thought Pac Dev was gonna be. Right. <laughs> right. But like they really do embody everything. Like they. I mean, I'm getting, I get traces of, of everything in hip hop other than rock that, that, that rocks, you know, some of the people trying to influence some rock in it. But I mean, like, you get traces of everything from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, man, they, they spit it back out at you. Like, yeah, like you said, in such a polished way, is you like, you got to take notice, like, man, who, who, who are these dudes, you know? Yeah. Like, but yeah, that scenario freestyle was off the chain. Like, I, I've even watched the reaction videos to the scenario freestyle, like, yeah. uh, just to see what other people were saying about it. But, um, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, this was this was a dope album face off, man. So, you know, hopefully, I've redeemed myself from the Danny Brown LP. 
Uh, <laughs> even though I remain unapologetic about that, I regret nothing. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Uh, <laughs> Yo, know, speaking of Coast Contra, I think they are. Um, it's either this week or next week. They they in Chicago. They at the sub T. Oh, oh are they? Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's gonna it's, be, it's, it's it's gonna be a, a bunch of children show. there, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe, a, maybe. I don't know, man. You never know, man. Like, nah, they getting they getting they do respect, man. Oh, old heads. I've been, man. I've been looking around at some of these some of these shows recently, and it's it's a lot of gray beards, a lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of beer yeah, bellies. But who's the artist though like this particular show I, I would I I think the old heads rock with Coast Contra I don't know how many of us are showing up though that feels like a youth movement to me I it could be uh, it could be if I was in Chicago right now I'd go I, I went to go see um, Tall Black Guy and Zoe and uh, Deborah Bond a few weeks ago and it was an awesome show at uh, City Winery and it was a lot of old heads in there, you know what I mean? Yeah, nigga, it was that city winery. Yeah. I can't even say it right. City winery. <laughs> hey man, if you if you can rap, that's the thing about old heads, man. If you can rap, like that's all you need. If you if you if you can right. rap. Hey, but it was it was a great show, man. And they ended it at like like 10 30 on a dot. It's like as they was like, yeah. We know we all gotta go to work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> also, them River West niggas don't play about no, that uh, about that noise curfew at all. Yeah, they don't. They don't. But yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. Um, all right, so let's dive into our next segment for the night. Oh, before we do that, before we do that, uh, just want to remind everybody of our two hundredth episode special coming up next week <laughs> we are very proud to have reached this milestone and jamil went through the hard work of putting together uh a, a way for our, our listeners to give us some feedback uh you can email us at vibes and stuff pod v-i-b-e-s-a-n-d-s-t-u-f-f-p-o-d at gmail.com um to send us your thoughts of appreciation on the show or suggestions on topics, album face-offs, etc. Also, you can call us at 1-312-798-9566. Again, that's 312-798-9566. And you can leave messages, uh, hopefully clean ones that we can play on the on the show next week. And just, you know, expressing what you like about the show or don't like about the show. Um, and, you know, give suggestions on, on future topics. Uh, just feel free to hit us up. We, we'd love to hear from you in preparation for our 200th episode special. Also, too, if you're looking for some high-end quality, all-natural products, please, please check out OsoMedicinal.com, an online apothecary that sells all types of all-natural health and wellness products teas, tinctures, salves, and, and other really cool items. Black owned, based out of Chicago, osomedicinal.com. Check them out. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's cap off this episode the way we always do with another segment of What You're Bumping. I've, I'll invite y'all to share with the listeners what you've been bumping 
for the past week or so, whether it be old, new, or just something the listeners have not heard. So, uh, Vince, man, I give it up to you first, man. This, this week, what you been bumping? Man, I've been bumping a lot of oldies because my parents were in town, man. So we was just vibing <laughs> out to like anything you could think of that's old, man. Blue Magic, Temptations. Yeah, I said Blue Magic, y'all. Yeah, I don't, so don't sleep on them now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Temptations, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, and I was over at my uncle's house too because he has a uh, he has an extremely nice studio, and we about to we about to do some. Uh, some shows because he's a he's a uh, he has a band so he plays the uh, bass guitar and uh, uh, other guitars actually and uh, he has an actual band and we, we're gonna do some shows in a couple of months and uh, we were just oh, nice. going over some of the information and some of the songs and everything uh, so I was over there with him vibing out um, yeah yeah uh, I, I was li- I was sem- I was looking through a lot of uh, skate uh, skate music, you know, for actual, you know, for um, people that love to go to skate uh, skating rinks. Oh yeah, make, yeah. I want to make a skate joint, so um, uh, I already made a I already produced a footwork song with with with, uh, with one of my guys, so. I want to make a skater's joint that you can do some JBN off of, you know. Um, mm. So I was doing that. I heard about Ari Lennox's new album, but I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. That will be happening tomorrow because I hear it is amazing. Like, I hear it's amazing. So I got to definitely listen to that tomorrow. It does but do good listen- work. You said what now, Ian? Oh, I-, I was saying she does do good work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um... <laughs> Yeah, I got I got to listen to that uh listening to some Malia Coast Contra. I'm constantly listening to them right now, man. Like I think I've been listening to them for like a month straight, honestly. Like it just they just hit, man. Like that album is just crazy good. I don't know if you guys listen to it that Oh, absolutely. That, oh yeah. It's just that's that I, that might be my album of the year right now. Really? Oh yeah, man, it's crazy good. Like, I I've been really listening to it to try to find something wrong with it. And I, just, I ain't, ain't you know what? You know what? Hold that thought because that that relates to one of the uh, mailbag questions for next week's show. Okay, all right. So cool. so yeah, get your notes together because yeah, we 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 gonna get into into that a bit. So um, yeah, I would love to hear your feedback. On on, okay. on 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 that, okay, okay. okay. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, I was I was listening to um, uh, incarcerated Scarface's heavy, cause I'm I'm contemplating doing like a freestyle off of that. Oh, nice. Okay. Contemplating it, man. I might need you on that too, man. Just just for fun, just like do some lyrical exercise. And then I was listening to uh, man, I forget what uh, I was listening to Nas. Just varying, varying songs. Um, so that's kind of what I was on. 
all over the place. Nice, nice. I dig it. I dig it. All right, Jamil, man, what you been bumping? I went through some like old Tony, Tony, Tony albums. Um, that uh, the Who album, and um, I forgot the name of the second joint. I've been listening to this podcast, who I'm not gonna name because I'll I'll plug them. Why not? Uh, The music snobs. Oh yeah, they dude, they're dope. They are dope. They are dope. They they're they're a podcast I, I actually look up to. They they have not stolen any of my my topics so far. Right, right. <laughs> like like some other podcast channels I can mention. Right. Um, you gonna put them out there or not? <laughs> I, I ain't gonna put them out there. They they okay. out there enough, man. Like they they. It, the, the, the first time it happened, I'm like, oh, maybe it was a coincidence. But then after like the fifth or sixth time, I'm like, okay, somebody's clearly watching my right. show. Yeah, like, I, I feel the same way about <laughs> stuff too, but uh, about what I was doing during quarantine. But I I, I keep that off wax. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamil. I, I interrupt. You. Oh no, it's all good. It's all good. So I had uh, I had listened to their their episode on uh, Tony Tony Tony. And so that just kind of let me down that rabbit hole. Um, I was bumping that uh, Stimulator Jones round spiritual ring. Nice. So it was a good listen. Um, Low end theory. And uh, I went back and listened to that uh, that first Joe Scott album. And I think uh, what I'm going to do, it, it just is working out that way. Because I was bumping uh, People's Instinctive Travels last week and Low End Theory. This or two weeks ago, and then low end theory this past week. So I think I'm gonna keep moving on through the tribe discography. Um, well, me and my son, it's a, it's a walking trail around here that I like. So we be out here uh, just kind of making moves, playing tribe, scaring the white folks. So <laughs> <laughs> getting getting I drunk think. in the park, passing. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's that's gonna be my uh, my little my little routine the next couple of weeks. Nice, 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 man! I think we've all been bumping older stuff this week. It's funny, like I've been bumping uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong, the joint album that they did called uh, "Porgy and Bess." Bro, you talking about a perfect jazz album, like mm-hmm. front to back, a perfect jazz album. Um, been bumping that. I've been bumping. It's funny you've been bumping Raekwon Vance because I've been bumping Ghostface. Okay. I was bumping Supreme Clientele uh, earlier today. I was bumping. What else I've been bumping? Of course, Kanye West Graduation. I went back and revisited <clears throat> Atrocity Exhibition by Danny Brown. That's of course in my permanent rotation. I I still been bumping the Quelle Chris Death Fame. Uh, very interesting album, man. Like like it's it's kind of like a concept album about a rapper who does not get his just due till he's dead. And like it's 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 a just a great listen. And that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I've been bumping. But Jamil, you got any album anniversaries for us? Yes, I do. We got some good ones. Uh, starting with five years, uh, celebrating five years this week. Open Mike Eagle with uh, Brick Body Kids Still Daydream, mm. which is a dope album title. A dope MC. 
Uh, also celebrating five years this week, Prophets of Rage with their self-titled album, which is a group that I should like, but I don't think I ever actually listened to their music. You might have to get them a, get them a try. Yeah, I, I can't say I've listened to them. They seem like they would be better live anyway. Okay, okay. Um, celebrating 10 years, uh, good music compilation, Cruel Summer. From oh, Kanye West. Crazy, right? Um, also celebrating 10 years, Homeboy Sandman, first of a living breed. Um, celebrating 15 years is Twista Adrenaline Rush 2007. Woo! Which is crazy. Now we get the good stuff. Celebrating 20 years this week. I Fandom by Mr. Lip. What? Yes, indeed. That's 20 years old, man. Bro, talk about a life-changing album for me, man. Man. It's an incredible piece of work. Yeah. And then the, the back-to-back uh, classic material celebrating 25 years this week. Bust around when disaster strikes. Wow. Wow. 25 years. Back of a week for hip hop this week. I'm going to go that old. We had, we had some. Uh, are we that old, man? Are we that old? We are that old, bro. We are that old. That we, we were teenagers that when that album. <laughs> I remember having this on cassette tape. Man. <laughs> man. I still remember that. Like, it was yesterday, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had the, the, the dangerous uh single for like eight ninety nine on tape and then I had the album after that. Riding the train to school. I actually borrowed somebody's uh C D Walkman with that album in it for the whole weekend, but it ended up being two months because I was not <laughs> <laughs> longest weekend ever. Yeah. Almost came to blows, man. That was like, all right, cool. I, I gave him a whole set of new batteries too, though, just because. <laughs> like, 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 like. Yeah, I'll pay you back like, in interest. You no, know. Like it, well, hey, when he got that pack of batteries, that eight pack of batteries, though, everything was cool. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, you, know, you had to keep that. You had to keep that eight pack, bro. Like, hey, yeah, them that was something else back. I kept in my backpack in case you know what I'm saying. The Walkman got a little dry, yeah, like, yeah. I. I got I got the fresh eight pack. Yeah, right. cause that Walkman be draining them batteries, boy. Pop them, pop, pop them two two more batteries in there and keep it moving. Keep it moving. That was that's what's up, man. That's what's up. All right, gentlemen, I I want to thank y'all again for carving out some time away from y'all families to hop on the show. I definitely look forward to talking to each and every one of y'all again next week for our two hundredth episode special. I want to do it big. I want to do it right. <laughs> I want to do it punctually, <laughs> so right. we uh, we we going we going to do it nice. We I'm I'm gonna send out the syllabus a little early this week for next week's show, just so y'all have time to get y'all's notes together and everything, and and get ahead of the album face off, and um and then yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll be back next week. So gentlemen, I'm gonna bid y'all adieu, and I'm gonna say peace. Peace. See y'all next week. Yo. Right there, Buster. The first time I swing, the second time I shoot, and I do both good. At that point, an MC stepped out on the stage, so. I 
can show you when to spin and when to throw down. Set you on your back and make your partners more proud. Well, I'm from the cup of me so much that I drown. No, you want to stop it, don't nobody tell how. I can tell you all about the game and what I found. Met a couple gangsters, met a couple more clowns. Showed up to the cook, but they don't ever want cow. All in different places, vying for the same crown. Don't let them get you caught, cause in the street that equal death. I'm just trying to reach your heart, see how them put some things to rest. Man, you ain't even by yourself and gotta wait to get your check. I can show you in advance to put some hair up on your chest. See, keeping it up. Cause no one wanna stand ground. I'm the one to stand up, and I'm the one to punch down. Imagine all the numbers if we hit the same ground. Make them put their hands up, make them put their hands out. Don't let them get you gassed like a bagpipe. I've been on the crash since my past life. People acting brash when they glass tight. When the crowd tough, pay it better than the last hype. I was on a humble till they put me on a counter strike. Everybody claiming sick, cause now they on that mass life. I ain't trying to babysit, it's proved me wrong or make me rich. I'd have had the both of it and trapping never made me this. I was in the jungle, hit the vulture with the bait and switch. Even though you made it with your clips, you better have a clip. Numbers do lie if them numbers is counterfeit. You ain't gave nothing to the fam, how you claim rich. Talking like you way too big to take a risk Anything you want, I let you have it like a make-a-wish I'm just trying to show us more to life than what you're bargaining with But when you got some cheese, it help make everything look easy So keeping it in the buckets, no one when to stand ground I'm the one to stand up And I'm the one to push down Imagine all the numbers if we hit the same ground Make them put their hands up Make them put their hands out Don't let them get you gassed like a bagpipe I've been on the crash since my past life People acting brash when they glass tight When the crowd tough, pay it better than the last hype I'm the biggest hustler, I can get you more paid Let my people do the work, I never seen a long day I ain't made a drop and I can get you more plays Anything go left and you can charge it to the game I'm the up and coming, check my record by the page Know some people coming up but they ain't living what they claim We just made a open, they be quick to roll out If you ain't got out, I got a hand in what you talking about See, keeping it up, cause no one wanna stand ground I'm the one to stand up And I'm the one to punch down Imagine all the numbers if we hit the same ground Make them put their hands up Make them put their hands out See, keeping it up, cause no one wanna stand ground I'm the one to stand up And I'm the one to punch down Imagine all the numbers if we hit the same ground Make them put their hands up Make them put their hands out Don't let them get you gassed like a bagpipe I've been on the crash since my past life People acting brash when they glass tight When the crowd tough, playing better than the last hype Cigarettes with a single plume of smoke in the square.